Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and it is Memorial Post Round 2 Instant Reaction. And joining me as he does every Friday, it's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? What a day. What a start to the (laughs) tournament, Rick. This has been something. There are just so many storylines. There's so much to get into. I know we're not going to have enough time, so let's get right to it. Let's just jump in. I'm, like, simultaneously exhausted and, like, stoked from what I saw all day long it was absolutely phenomenal let's yeah. just start let's just start at the top uh greg ryan palmer tony finau are tied for the lead let's talk about tony finau he's your boy you love tony finau you always try to get a little piece of him on our on our tuesday dfs yeah. breakdowns uh he has looked unbelievable so he goes out he shoots a 66 on thursday follows it up with a 69 on friday you gotta love what you see from tony finau at the moment Absolutely. I mean, he's so talented. We know that. We say it every single week, right? All the time. It's just, when is he going to break through? And I'm a little interested. I mean, he, I'm, I'm not completely sold yet on Tony Finau. Now, why? Well, he's played well before. It's not like he is a guy that's been battling missed cuts. He doesn't battle, like, extremely high scores. The guy just battles one thing, and it's just breaking through and getting a win. He's yep. got everything else. So, uh, unfortunately, and I kind of feel the same way about Jordan Spieth, and the Jordan Spieth thing probably extends even farther. But there's a group of players on tour that I can't make solid judgments on just yet because, like, this is not – it, it's not unexpected. It's not out of the blue. It's not uh, extremely unique. It's kind of what we expect out of him. And – what is he going to do coming down the stretch? That's where the questions are raised. And Jordan Spieth's in a kind of a similar uh, – Jacob, you can timestamp that. Um, he's kind of in a similar situation. Like, we had two great rounds from Jordan, and, yeah, we love that. That's great. But we still – I mean, we need like a month to know where Jordan's game really is to make a real valid assessment because the problem's been inconsistency. So, it, um, you know, with Tony, we got to wait till Sunday to see what really happens. Tony Finau is in the midst of an absolute scorching heater right now. So let's just recap like his last, I don't know, 10 days or so. Yeah. Doesn't play the Workday Charity Open. Instead, he goes to his home course in Utah and shoots a 59, a place he already held the course record, which was a 62, shoots a 59. Then he goes to comes to Dublin, Dublin, Ohio, plays that exhibition with John Rahm, Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter on Wednesday and shreds Mirfield Village like absolutely crushes it uh I think Finau and Rom they won like the first eight skins of the day or something like that it was it was wild and then he shoots 66 69 so like t- Tony's unconscious right now he, he's absolutely dialed in how long does this kind of thing last and the only reason I bring that up 
Because it's a great point. And I almost talked about it. I think we did talk about it on Tuesday. Tony shot 59. Is this something to yeah. watch for? And we kind of had a little bit of a, a chuckle about it. Like, like okay, okay, here we go again with Tony Fee now. Um, but a- anyway, what Jack Nicholas said yesterday, I find fascinating. And Jack basically said, if I went out and shot 63 in the first round, I had a really hard time finishing off the tournament. I always wanted to be building towards something. Yeah. And I found it really interesting. And it, it reminds me of guys like Tony Finau, guys like Keegan Bradley. There's another guy you always mention who starts off really well, whose name escapes me right now. But some of these quick starters don't always peak at the right time, where like a Tiger Woods has kind of, in his career, this week aside, he's kind of mastered that. Jordan Spieth's very good at it too, building into your best play. So you peak on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I mean, how often do we come on here Friday night and we talk about the guy in the lead and how often does that guy win the golf tournament? Like very rarely, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, it is very. And usually when they do win, it's kind of a superstar player, right? It's like, yeah. uh, and I'm just, these aren't real examples, but it's like if Rory wins or Justin Thomas wins or, uh, or, or a player like that, those are the kind of guys that hold on. It's rare to see like um, a, a player like, I don't want to use the name Scott Stallings, but I feel like I have to out here. Or, or you know, Brendan Todd. How often do you see him win wire to wire? I know we have already this year, which is why it's kind of funny. But typically the guys that can hang on after 36 hole leads are elite, right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. So we'll see if Tony can hold on to it. I will say this. He's third in the field in strokes gained tee to green. That's a good sign. Um, he, 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 he rates out pretty well. So we'll, we'll see if he can keep it going for, for two more days. Uh, tied at the top. Ryan Palmer, who I like low key, Ryan Palmer is good. Like I, I know he yeah. gets attached to like the John Rom, you know, they won Zurich together that like that thing. And like, Oh, he can't win by himself. But like there was a time this season where Ryan Palmer was deep in contention at Sony earlier this year. Uh, there was a weird situation where on the 72nd hole, it was wet. It was kind of raining. He didn't know where he was at, if I remember correctly. Like, he didn't know that yeah. he was either one shot back or he was tied. And he pulled, like, three wood out of a wet fairway bunker and tried to hit a hero shot. And he hit it literally out of the stadium, Greg. That's when we still had fans. Yeah, it bounced off the top. It bounced <laughs> off the roof of the uh, the camera tower. And it, yeah. it was never to be seen again. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, think he, I think he ended up finishing T4. But, like, he was in that. And then he was in the final group before he melted down. But he was in the final group at Torrey on Sunday. So like he's he's been around like he's he I think he's much better than the general public would like to think he is. Yeah, I mean, nice play at the RBC Heritage, tied eighth there with uh, four really solid rounds in the sixties, and another. I mean, sixty nine on Sunday at the Heritage lost you a number of places. So he contended there at the Honda Classic before the layoff. He was in contention there too. He shot a, a tie. He came in tied seventeenth. So the guy's really good. He's been playing really, really good golf, and there's a lot to like about his game. He's an excellent driver of the ball, and when you're in this kind of position, and for the week, I mean, that, that's not even been like a, a tremendous strength, which I look at as a as a good thing, right? He's losing not much, but he's losing a little bit off the tee, where he's really gaining is his iron play, which is kind of exciting. And Rick, look at the model for guys that you're always looking for. Like he's putting well, clearly gained 2.6 mm-hmm. today, but it's not off the charts. It's not right. like, okay, well, this is definitely not repeatable. If you gain a, a shot and a half to two shots and a half through, you know, three straight rounds, that's not like 
burning the world down, right? He's correct. He's uh, third in the field in strokes gained approach. So he's, he's gained more than John Rahm has. He's gained more than Tony Finau has. Uh, the big thing, though, Greg, is he's one of three golfers who have only made one bogey through two rounds. I don't care where you play. Uh, that goes a long way when you only make one bogey. Yeah, it's another one of those situations, though, with Tony. Like, can that last? We saw Justin Thomas just last week play 54 holes without a bogey, and on Sunday there are four of them. So, like, they're, on a golf course like this, in conditions like this, which feels – so major championship like and i never got a chance to talk to you about this yesterday rick but you turn on the tv and it's you know the the afternoon guys are just getting going and tiger's like two under through three and he's on the first page of the he's in third place because yeah. scores are just aren't there the scores aren't getting crazy so um that tells you a couple of things if you look at a lot of scorecards there's a lot of big numbers out there guys are making mistakes because the the rough is penal uh, there are some hazards. Um, there, there's a lot of water out there and uh, the greens are firm. So you combine all that, you get big numbers. How long can you play that bogey free kind of golf for? So I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of looking for guys who are making a bunch of birdies who are really feeling like they, they kind of have a lot going for them. That's the kind of player who I think is going to have a great weekend. Yeah. The other two guys. So I, I hate when I read a stat and it says something like, oh, there's only one other golfer who have done that, and they don't tell you who the other golfer is. Yeah. That drives me crazy. So the other two guys who have one bogey are Luke List and Patrick Cantlay to round out. Uh, Patrick Rock, Cantlay? Patrick Cantlay's made one so bogey. So you got to put an asterisk by that one. Because he made two – well, he made two doubles on the back nine. Oh, today. yeah, sorry. You're right. I'll tell you something, Rick. In my, in my playing career, I've played a lot of bogey-free rounds on that count. <laughs> Yeah, that's my fault. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> one exactly one bogey, but a couple other uh, doubles on the card as well. Um, okay, John Rom, he is one shot back. He's eight under. He improved on his Thursday round by going out and shooting a 67 on thir on Friday. Excuse me. Um, this feels like the guy. He might not be in the lead. But this, this feels like the favorite, right? This is the betting favorite, according to William Hill. This feels like the big dog who's lurking and, and ready to win this golf tournament. It makes, it makes so much sense that he's the betting favorite, right? I mean, yeah. Tony Fino and Ryan Palmer are guys that have contended at times this year and throughout their career and haven't gotten it done. And we've seen them in final groups. We've seen them in pressure situations. And they haven't always played their best, which it's no knock on them. It's not an easy thing to do. If you're John Rahm in that position where you feel like you're chasing, even though you're one back, it's a beautiful position to be in. So, I, I mean, I, I definitely look at John Rahm like the favorite uh, uh, by all counts. One, uh, his resume coming in, not, not necessarily the recent resume, his career resume. And then the statistical model seems to work pretty well, too. So, John Rahm, to me, has got a lot going in his favor. He certainly does. Um, so there's, there's a lot of interesting storylines here. I mean, Rom obviously didn't play all that well last week at work day. And, and when you want to talk about heaters, kind of similar to Tony Finau, Rom goes out, shoots that wild 64 on Sunday last week with 10 birdies on the card, carries it over into this week. But I think even more so, we, we could be a couple of days away, Greg, from having a new number one player in the world, which I'm going to look up real quick when, how long Rory's had this reign, but it, it it could come to an end this week. Yeah, it really, it really could. And it's surprising because John Rahm's uh, 
his, his record sort of coming in hasn't necessarily been spectacular. Like it, since the, since the restart, uh, his record before that has uh, obviously been great, but Charles Schwab challenging misses the cut RBC heritage tied 33rd uh, tied 37th at the travelers and a, I mean, a backdoor top 30. We kind of talked about that this weekend. A backdoor mm-hmm. top 30 um, at, at the workday with a 64 on Sunday. So it, it hasn't been the John Rom that we have come accustomed to yet. Uh, here he is. And Rory's kind of been in the same boat. It hasn't been the Rory that we've been accustomed to seeing. Um, and now John Rom has a chance to become number one in the world. Yeah, so Rory has been um... – Oh, and I cannot type, but Rory has been number one player in the world for 11 weeks, but that does not count the pause. So he became the number one player in the world in February of this year, 11 weeks that the official world golf rankings have been going on, obviously 90 days. So it's the time has passed in the real world of how long Rory has been the number one player, but it only 11 weeks will count for this current rank. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any more John Rahm stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah, okay, this is a good one. So last 54 holes at Mirfield Village. So that's two rounds this week and his final round last week. He's 16 under par. That's kind of yeah. crazy considering the two weeks this week are even more incredible. Uh, 15 strokes gained from tee to green. That's nuts. He's hit 74% of his greens in regulation. We, we might get a battle of just like wouldn't a, a Rahm and Finau – shootout at the end of this would be pretty cool those are guys with some serious firepower yeah they do have serious firepower and it's interesting i'll be very curious to see what happens with the conditioning as we get into the weekend um this reminds me a little bit of kind of like uh well it seems like we have a little bit healthier rough this week it seems like it's more a little bit more penal i'm not sure it's the golf national type uh penal but i'm obviously thinking Ryder cup here and i'm wondering if there's kind of a um, is, is there an advantage to the European style where they're hitting more fairways? Is there an advantage to the American style where they're able to kind of air it out? And um, it's looking kind of like the European advantage. It's looking like fairways are going to be at a premium. I've seen for the first time this week players, uh, you know, not be able to advance the ball all the way to the green because they're in the rough. We don't see that very often on the PGA Tour. So no, we don't. it'll be extremely interesting to see. And you get a guy like John Rahm hitting 11 of 14 fairways today, uh, as long as he is. He's extremely straight too. So I look for the advantage in that case to definitely go towards John Rahm. Excited to see. Also excited to see a certain big cat on TV this weekend. In fact, that cat is not just on television. CBS coverage of Saturday's third round begins at 3 p.m. Eastern, and we have multiple ways for you to watch. Mobile, of course, via the CBS Sports app on your computer. Absolutely. Just go to cbssports.com. And you can also get access through CBS All Access on OTT devices. That's Chrome, Google Chrome, Apple TV, and Roku. There is no excuse to miss coverage this weekend. And let's talk about Tiger Woods, Greg, because, oh boy, uh, Cut Sweat Friday was about as sweaty as it gets for one big cat who was well within the cut line when this day started. He was one over on, one under, excuse me, on Thursday, Uh, actually birdied his third hole of the day, probably should have birdied the second one too, missed a three footer. So things were looking good. He could have been two under through his first three holes today. I'm thinking we're not talking about cut line, Greg. We're talking about winning golf tournaments. Uh, Yet here we are. 
Yeah, he was in. I mean, he was in contention, and you see him make a birdie early, and and he's got the three footer. And then on twelve, he three putts from like thirty five feet, and it's another missed three footer. And you could just kind of tell when Tiger doesn't have the speed of the greens, which is something that he talks about. And as I rewind the videotape in my mind, and I think about rounds where it's been a real struggle for Tiger, it always seems to be the same thing. Uh, aside from injury, when it, when we're talking about on the greens here, it, I, I couldn't get a feel for the speed of the greens. And when you see two, three putts early like that, that's exactly what he's saying. I, I didn't have a feel for the speed of the greens. And, um, you know, I'll, I think there are a lot of people that think, well, Tiger hasn't been playing. He should be working on a short game and putting, right? I mean, what else are you going to be doing? You, you, you have a ton of time to spend on short game. But what you forget is with a bad back, practicing putting and practicing short game are the two hardest things to do. It's actually easier to practice with driver because the club is longer. So there's, there's less bend. Uh, and there's also less time in, in your posture. So I, I look at that as something he probably hasn't got uh, the practice time on the greens. And I mean, what'd you think about his health today? What'd you think about the way he was moving? I was not impressed. Yeah. I was worried. I, I mean, li listen, you, you can tell very quickly Tiger, like there's some guys you can tell, right? Like Tiger, when he has that little spring in his step is awesome. When Rory gets that bounce in his walk, it's over. You're, you're cooked. Uh, Tiger did not have that bounce today. He looked like he was walking very gingerly. He looked, I will tell you, he looked pained to pick up his tee, to pick his ball out of the cup. And it was no surprise for him to tell us that his back was tight in his post-round interview. Then it all made sense. So I, I don't, okay there's a chance that he like probably doesn't want to play on the weekend. Like there's a chance he was kind of hoping this miss. Like, I don't know how bad the back is. And if it's just one of those things where you wake up some days, it's good. Some days it's bad. Like, what are we going to get on Saturday? Yeah. I, I have no idea. Look, it's a hard golf course. Um, he see, he never, he never quit, which I admire out of tiger. Maybe. I mean, as much as I admire anything about him, when, like we, we talk about this with sometimes like guys like Dustin Johnson who shot another 80 today, right? There are certain players that when it goes bad, it goes way bad and they, they check out whether they do or not. I don't know, but it looks like they check out tiger never checks out. No. He may be hurt, but he grinds the entire way. And I think back to the U S open at Pebble beach last year, he's out of the tournament on Sunday. He's done. He's, uh, a couple over par early in his round. He plays his last 12 holes, six under, just to, to get into a tied 21st position. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the, I mean, he doesn't need FedEx cup points. Like he, there's no reason for, for Tiger to put that stress on himself, but he, he can't, he, he can't bring himself to quit. And that's probably why uh, he has the, the record that he has. So it's in, incredibly impressive to watch. I don't know what we're going to get tomorrow. I, look, Here's, this is unfortunately, it seems to be all, all health related. Some of these yeah. shots were like so uncharacteristic. It's not a golf swing thing. It's a, it's a health, a health thing. You, you can see exactly when, like if he's not going after it and he just kind of swipes at it, it's all right. Everything off the tee goes right. It's got the yeah. same trajectory on it every single time. I will say this. Here's what's crazy. Uh, Tiger has Tiger played conceivably like the worst he could have for at least 18 holes this week. Second in the field in strokes gained approach. The guy has still got like when it's when it's in the fairway, uh, nobody throws darts like Tiger does. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, 
you mentioned what happens where everything is to the right. Um, and I, I noticed that too. And I was actually talking to uh, Michael Breed about it. And he, we were basically before the week, he saw a swing and said, Tiger looks like he's a little under. It means his club's coming a little too far from the inside. When Tiger gets in those positions, it usually goes pretty bad. And I'm wondering if he's unable to kind of stay down through it in his posture because he's a little, he's feeling a little stiff. Then he gets underneath it and leaves it out to the right. And that's kind of what I'm, what I'm thinking because there's a lot of shots where he's up and out of it and it's way to the right. And I think that's purely health because when he was at the match and even moments yesterday, I saw a lot of shots in yesterday's round where he was on top of it. He was in his posture. He was able to hit that little, um, that little go-to fade that he hits and everything's in play. It looks so easy, but I don't think he has the ability physically every day to do that just on command. I think he's got physical limitations. So unfortunately to give a prediction for Tiger tomorrow is, I, I don't know. I can't do yeah. it. I, I don't know what we're going to get out of him. I'd stay away from him in a, in a betting kind of situation tomorrow. It, it is. Yeah. I, I have no idea. He could go out he could be the worst. He could be the worst player on the course on Saturday, or he could go out and shoot another one or two under. And we're like, Oh, okay. There there's tiger. That's a little light. like, no idea. And, and I think it's 64. I mean, he's got that kind of game in him. And that's, and that's, and that is, I feel like what is going to happen for a while is it's just going to be day to day and we'll see what version of him we get. And yeah. if he puts four, if he puts four good ones together, he might win a golf tournament. Like what do you think about his, um, what do you think? I know we're up against it here, but what do you think about his schedule going forward for the rest of this year? Like, are, are we going to see him? Are we going to see him at PGA? Or, mm, I mean, yeah, but I, I think that the compact schedule obviously hurts him the most. It, it, uh, I don't want to say helps him. Like he's now, if he can stay healthy for, for 12 months, he's going to get seven major, op, major opportunities in, in that span, which I think is helpful. Yeah. But it is because the, there's less time in between them. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, He's going to skip a lot of events. Like, right. like there's almost. I think there's very little chance he gets to East Lake. Now, if he if he missed the cut this week, he almost certainly wouldn't. Now, if he can get some FedEx Cup points, and like, I don't think he's going to play enough to care. I don't think I don't think that's his goal. He's going to be at PGA, uh, and then like you might not see him again until Wingfoot, till he comes to your backyard, Greg. Like, I, I don't yeah. like. I. What do you think, think about Memphis? Play. Any. Any chance of Memphis? No, it's back to back, right? I mean, it's it's he'd have to play Memphis and then he'd go play the PGA champion. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, the only reason that that raises my eyebrows, although it's a great, you're probably right, but it's that used to be the Bridgestone, and yeah. he used to play like like he wouldn't play the week before the Masters, he wouldn't play the week before the U.S. Open, he wouldn't play the week before the Open. He played the week before the PGA because and he, he would always do that. So I wonder if. Maybe he says two weeks in a row might not be a bad thing, but I think you're right. And after seeing what happened today, uh, man, I don't, I don't think he's going to. And I don't, th- I don't know if it would be a good idea. I'm very intrigued about his schedule moving forward. Um, we've got to talk about Bryson DeChambeau because we saw something that we don't get to see very often. Bryson, one way or another, gives us something that we don't ever see. Uh, so we'll talk about Bryson and his infamous 15th hole. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, 
invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. And we're back. All right, Greg. Uh, Bryson this week has hit balls over 400 yards. He has done things that I've never seen on a golf course before. And then I watched him take a 10 on the 15th hole to literally play himself out of this golf tournament late on Friday afternoon. He entered that hole, I believe he was one over. So he was yep. two shots within the cut line. He was fine. He yanks his drive. It's a par five. So he yanks his drive into the hazard on the left. So he's playing three. And then he pulls a tin cup and he hits like three wood from the same spot three times. Two of them go OB. One of them barely stays in play and he ends up carding a 10. Wow. Um, it's interesting because I, I, you could see how he was heated. I mean, the yeah. ball by the fence, yeah. right? He's, yeah. he's heated. So the ball by the fence, he gets the second opinion. They decide, yeah, it is out of bounds. Like, you, you can't play that. He picks it up. He's, you could see he's just steaming. And I don't want to say that the fire – like, fire, is, it's a great thing. It's what makes him great. It's what makes you a competitor. But it's almost a good thing to me that he missed the cut. If that has an opportunity to – if that happens on Saturday – and it bleeds into Sunday, and he's just in a – you don't know where it can take – you don't know what kind of damage it can do to the game. He's clearly riding an extreme bit of confidence, and he now has an opportunity to write off a silly situation and say, well, maybe I didn't handle it very well, but, um, you know, he can go rest, and he can come back if he, if he goes to 3M. I'm not sure if he's um, – I haven't seen if he's in the field yet for that. Um, but he can go play 3M. He can go play whenever he plays next and kind of – come back fresh and it shouldn't have too much of an effect but that i mean that was pretty bad it was his worst hole ever worst score on a hole ever now i i like the point about the confidence here uh so the guy like as he was lining up the first three wood and he's like kind of dangling like he's in a bad stance it's a terrible lie i'm i'm like there's this is a this is a dumb idea this is a stupid idea. Like, just hit it back in the fairway, take your bogey, and move on. Not only does he try it once, he tries it two more times. Like, yeah, is it because he's just, like, so full? Like, he's just dominated the game for the first five weeks and nothing can go wrong. And, like, he's like, I'll pull this shot off. Yeah, it's a teenager situation, right? <laughs> you think you're invincible. You're on top of the world, right? Oh, well, and I, I think back to a shot at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He's in the right rough, and he hits it over the hazard on the 18th hole with all, over, the, over the penalty area the entire way and carries it on the green. Nobody could hit the green from that spot. So he's saying, okay, well, this is why I put all this time in the gym. So when I get in a lie like this, I can hit shots that other people can't. Well, there's still got to be a line. 
And sometimes when you're dealing with a new club head speed, you're dealing with a new situation. He's definitely dealing with new, new conditions, right? We haven't seen him play in rough like this and conditions like this uh, really since, I guess the Arnold Palmer Invitational was probably the closest thing we've seen. Yeah. So how many times is a guy that hits at 350 off the tee going to be hitting a three-wood out of the rough? <laughs> right? I mean, not very often. So, yeah. like, it, it's not a shot that he's likely practiced. I, I mean, I, I would say I don't know how he would practice it. I mean, you, you got to have a 700-yard hole almost to, for yeah. him to be in that situation. So very interesting. Bad idea. You're right. Bad idea. Terrible idea. Uh, last thing, because we got to move on. We got to look at some value for the rest of the way. Like he had his caddy do this thing where he got in the way of the cameraman again. This is now turning into camera gate with Bryson and he's turning himself into the version of a villain that Kyle Porter warned us he could turn into. And like this, I cannot describe, we're going to, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this at some point. I cannot describe to you what a bad look this is. And like, dude, you're not asking for the cameras to go away when you're winning golf tournaments. You can't ask for the cameras to go away when you make a 10 on a hole, just suck it up. You got to understand like how the game works and you want to be on, you need to be on camera. Like if you're a sponsor of Bryson DeChambeau, you don't want the cameras to go away. You want cameras on him. And the more the cameras are on him, the more you're going to get paid, right? The more opportunities you're going to have to be in commercials, the more opportunities you're going to have uh, off the golf course. And like, it's just, it's not a good look and it's not the way that the game works. And like, it, it makes it seem like he's trying to hide something which is kind of what it, it bothers me. It doesn't sit right with me. It just makes it seem like when things are going good, he wants all the shine. And when things go sour, he wants none of it. And it doesn't work that way. No, look, this is the mark of popularity of, of a player on tour. What happens when they play badly? If, I mean, th this, even if Rory McIlroy shoots 79, 79, maybe a little high where people wonder about it. If Rory McIlroy shoots 75, uh, and, and misses the cut or comes in 57th in a, in a tournament, people don't really talk about him. But when Tiger Woods shoots a high score, he's still the number one story. When Jordan Spieth shoots a high score, and this is fading probably this past year, but you know, in 2018, Jordan Spieth, no matter what he shot, he's the story. And yep. that's the mark of a real popular player. And if you're Bryson and you're in that situation, it should be flattering for you. That's the way that the game works. So I'm a fan of Bryson, but I'm not a fan of, I guess we'll call it camera gate. Camera gate. Um, or at when, he was, when his ball was up against the gate, it could have been gate gate. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I see what you did there. All right. I like that. Let's turn our attention to the weekends. Uh, updated betting odds. John Rahm, as mentioned earlier, he is the odds on favorite currently, two and a half to one to win the golf tournament. Tony Finau, four to one. Then there's a pretty big gap to Ryan Palmer and Gary Woodland. They're both 10 to one. Patrick Cantlay's 12 to one. Justin Thomas, 14. Then you start getting into like Victor Hovland's here at 16 and Rory McIlroy's 20. I don't know if any of these names stand out to you, Greg. Uh, I, I, my heart says like John Rahm's going to win this golf tournament, but I know a lot of stuff can happen in the next 36 holes. Is there anybody in here that you think might be worth the back? Yeah, I do. Um, I, and to me, it's Patrick Cantlay. And you look at his round, as you mentioned, one bogey yesterday, bogey free today. Bogey but free, he baby. Doubles. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a double on 10, uh, a double on 16, had some um, lip issues in the bunker. And I look at those as 
um, as silly situations. I think this guy is hitting the ball and swinging as well as anybody in the field. Uh, and, and look, the stats don't necessarily back that, but I'm okay with that, right? You're talking about a guy who's five back with not that many guys to jump. It's not like he's five back at the RBC Heritage where you're in 32nd place and you're five back. It, it, that is not this kind of a situation. Uh, but he's a guy that's just kind of been steady. He's steadily gaining in every statistical category. And I think he's better. He is one of the best iron players on the PGA Tour. He's, I think, seventh for the year. So he's definitely the guy that I'm, uh, that, that I'm, I'm going for here. And he's my one-and-done pick. Down on your one and done pick. You love to see it. Uh, I, okay. I hate to say this. So, you know, we do this every Friday and I look at the guy who has like the hot throat game, tee to green and the wording and uh, it's Jordan Spieth <laughs> <laughs> who has gained seven strokes from tee to green and he's lost just a fraction uh, with the putter. So maybe if that magic putter turns up, he can, but I will say the caveat to that is a lot of the tee to green stuff has come around the greens, which is not a good sign um i will say this i don't i don't know if i have a winner i think rom probably wins it i do like can't like kind of behind shout out to xander for making the cut yeah goes out makes the cut on the number he's losing five he would be a guy i would target for weekend matchups for sure yeah absolutely and you know we talk about it all the time like xander or or dj i'm not sure if that was a matchup but xander's the guy that's never gonna check out he's like like Tiger in that instance where he's a, he's going to grind and he grinds till the end. So I love that guy. And, uh, you know, everybody has tough rounds, but what do you do after it? And, you know, Xander showed some real heart today. All right, that'll do it. I want to thank Greg Ducharme for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find me on Twitter at Rick run. Good. We'll be back after each round of the Memorial for more action. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.